Hi, I'm Mark Hill, and this is the segment, The Podcast. I believe in human's potential, that the ultimate expression of oneself is achievable. And we all have that urge, that need to progress and become better. And I feel that the trail can help us do that. Whether it's overcoming fears, learning from mistakes, taking calculated trail risks, or building those long-lasting friendships. It's all progression. Join me as I speak with folks who are moving from the ordinary to the extraordinary, and let's catch them on their journey towards the KOM of their life. Welcome to the segment. Let's go. Oh yeah, let's go. Episode 104 with special guest Chris Bucci, one of the local SoCal shredders, fellow SSB writer, and just all around good guy. You may have seen Chris Bucci at Snow Summit sending backflips over the big jumps, and there is an incredible story behind his progression and where he is today from where he came from. Take a listen to how Chris Bucci's father played a huge influence on him and still plays a huge influence on him today, as well as Chris overcoming obstacles like heart failure and stress and school and work and everything else that comes along with life. And look at how he turned it around today to be one of the premier SoCal writers that you see out on the trail. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, episode 104 with the Bucci, Chris Bucci. What's up everybody, this is Messiah Hill and this is the Scooter Backflip. Oh, yeah. Wait, Dad, do we have a podcast tonight? Oh, yes. See, I'm going to be late. Here, you're going to need this. Thank you. Hurry up. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the segment podcast on this beautiful Thursday evening. My goodness, it finally stopped raining. I can't believe it. I can't believe it, Joey. <laughs> yeah, it stopped raining, but I'm still finding mud everywhere. <laughs> you still finding mud? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I've been noticing some of the trails are opening back up. I saw uh, San Clemente look good. Uh, I saw a bunch of folks were up at Greer. And uh, how about in your neck of the woods out there in old San- sunny San Diego? What's it like out there? Yeah, I, like I said, I, I found mud yesterday and uh, <laughs> spent an hour cleaning the bike afterwards. Oh, no. <laughs> One oh, of those no. where you were committed down a trail and you couldn't turn around. And yeah. Oh, man. Sometimes it happens. But yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I know we're not to ride now. Right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, man. Look at all the people that are joining the audience for this new episode. This is going to be awesome. Our special guest tonight is a shredder, Joey. He is a shredder. He's a fellow writer for SSB. 
And uh, the dude is is very, very talented. You may have heard the name Chris Bucci out there. Um, you may hear it in the trails amongst the trees. The dude's doing backflips at, uh, at Summit and uh, Truckee Bike Park. Bros, the guy's insane, talented, local guy, local guy. So excited to have Chris on the, on the line. Uh, what do you say, Joey? Should we get a whole shot award out tonight? Yeah, we have a new whole shot tonight. Yes. Whole shot award tonight is going out to T Luna199. He says, What up, Mark? What up, bro? Congratulations. The first one on in the audience. Man, I can't believe who was the last champ of the of the whole show. Air was Blair last week. Air Blair. Air Blair and Trail Monster usually is right in there. Or Trail Monster's in there. Yeah. This trail, guy's in there a lot of times. Trail too. Pit. Well, what's up? Right and dirty out of Arizona. We see you. What's up? Good to see you. We see uh, Tumor Warrior Zach is online. What's up, Zach? Good to see you, man. Hey, congratulations. I know Zach was just on a show out of Miami. So uh, great see to that. see you out there yeah. on that show. That's the Johnny U show. Hey, Mark, can I just get it out of the way now? Yeah, go for it. Sausage. Yes, Sarek. Are you happy now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's up, Nick? Nick. MTB Nick 316, he says, what up, what up? Who's the special guest? Yes, Chris Bucci is the special guest on this. Double R is, is on the show. What's up, Double R? He says, what up, Shredders? Good to see you, man. Isaiah Bernstein's in the house. I see you, Isaiah. He says, yo, dude, truth. I actually signed up for Call of Duty and played some Call of Duty with Isaiah on, I think it was Saturday night. Or was it Sunday night? I don't even remember what day it is. I've been sick all week. It was probably both if you're playing Call of Duty. It was probably both. Yeah. <laughs> when did it stop? Day, Mark. Just blended in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just keeps going and going. Oh my goodness. Yes, Truggy Bike Park is sick, Isaiah is saying. And uh, we also have Matrix Racing on here. He says, What's up? Good to see you. Yes, man. Let is uh let's let's hook this up. Let's hook this up the right way. I'm gonna throw a couple uh highlights out just to give you guys a little bit of a taste on who is chris bucci and i love this commercial that he shot for uh the company ssb sandsports brothers i'm gonna pop this up for you all to see check this out this is hilarious and awesome it's me chris bucci this is the ssb ultimate bicycle chain and they don't just put that label on there for no reason this american-made product is going to keep your bike moving now i have been digging for the last way too long and my chain here has been clinging on for its life now this bad boy is engineered to make your chain last longer by reducing friction and wear we're just gonna unscrew the cap on this bad boy and apply it on the inner portion of the chain it's gonna pedal it around a little bit get it all nice and in there and then we're gonna apply a little bit more it penetrates deep inside the chain and gets in all those little nooks and crannies oh yeah She's looking mighty fine. Now that we've got our bike properly moved up, I think it's time to give her a test. Wow, that was a tough climb. But thank goodness I had my SSB chain loop to keep my chain in fantastic climbing <laughs> position. That's all the climbing I want to do today. Let's get to the fun stuff. <laughs> I 
<laughs> What's good, everybody? A little hydration right there for sure. <laughs> Are we back? Are we live? Where are we? We're here. We just got dumped for a minute. <laughs> yeah, we we got dumped out for a second. That is Chris Bucci. Just to give you guys a taste on on who is Chris Bucci, I can't believe he actually licked the chain and he drank some of the chain. <laughs> he drank some of the chain. <laughs> oh man, it's good stuff. Isaiah Burns sees the man can scan D slide. That's it, Joey. That's it. Isaiah's like two weeks late, but yeah, that's what we were looking for. <laughs> yes, yes, the Scandi slide. So without further ado, let's get our special guest on tonight, episode 104 with Mr. Chris Bucci. Hello. Yo, bro. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> Good. Chris, what did that taste like? <laughs> uh <laughs> Not not very good. I mean, it tasted like oil or, or like, you know, probably what you think it would taste like. Uh, I My friend who was helping me film it, I was like, all right, look, I got to eat it or I got to I got to like find a way to, to, you know, get it in my mouth and, and make it funny, you know. And yeah, yeah. And he was like, you know, I don't know, man. I don't think that's a very good idea. I was like, no, trust me. Did, They'll love it. It'll be funny. And, you know, it was funny. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, if I remember right, Chris, there are two versions of commercials out there. Is it, there's one for the chain lube, but did you do another one for the spray and wash, or are there two different versions of the chain lube? Uh, I, I just did one for the chain lube. Okay. I did a big one for the wash. Yes. Um, but that's on. Yeah, like the SSB YouTube. And it's also on my YouTube channel as well. Nice. Um, but I did a, a separate one for the spray and wash. Yeah. Got it. But he he we he released the chain lube and he was like, all right, we need we need a, a Bucci flavored video. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I got it. We can we can do it. It'll be funny. So that's awesome. That's awesome, Chris. Awesome video, man. I love that. Looks like you got a lot of folks here popping on too, man. We got uh, Matrix Racing right there, says <laughs> no Bucci. And then he says NVM. NVM. <laughs> What is NVM? <laughs> he's a he's a he's a he's a, a fan of of the the YouTube stuff and all that. He's a cool guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's a cool dude. So he's just popping in. So I love a big booty cat. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got trail dogs in the house right here. They're like, my yeah, man, Gucci, what's up? You got Eddie Ride saying, "Sup, Chris." What's That's up? my boy Eddie. That's my boy Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is great, man. So, Chris, thanks for jumping on the show. I, uh, Eddie Wright says gold. <laughs> of course. You know, I, uh, I was lucky enough to, to be a part of SSB this last year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one of the first names I heard was a gentleman by the name of Chris Bucci. And I started seeing your footage out there and all the great things that you're doing on the bike, um, in the community. And I was like, dude, I, I can't wait to get this guy on the show and kind of just get, get into the story of, of how, obviously, how you became so good at riding the mountain bike. But where does this whole thing pick off at? Like, where did you start riding bikes and when? Oh, man. When I started riding. Hmm, that was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, I started uh, actually on motorcycles. Um, I was... 
I had no bikes around really. We, we didn't have any bikes around, but my dad had some motorcycles. Um, and I wanted a little, you know, like pit bike for myself. I was like, I don't know, eight, I think. And, uh, I, I had some pit bikes or I had a pit bike that I rode around and, um, immediately I went straight into trying to jump it. So as soon as I was like able to keep my balance, I, we live next to this big dirt area. So I'd always take it in the dirt area and just rip around. Nice. So I, um, I immediately started trying to jump it and I hit a fence once and I slammed down really hard and I like cracked my head open and broke my oh. collarbone and it was really bad. Actually, I remember I was in third grade when it happened oh, and I, I went, I went to class the next day and I was like, look at these stitches I got. Look at all that. I was like so proud of it, you know, you didn't and, get attention. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And, um, and then after that, um, my mom said, you know, maybe we should move on to something a little calmer, you know, <laughs> which seemed like the logical step. Yeah. Um, so um, the guy that sold my dad the motorcycle said, your son should try BMX racing. So that's actually where I started was racing BMX. Oh, I, man. Yeah. So in Simi Valley, we have, uh, well, used to have, it was Sycamore BMX Raceway. Okay. And um, they're not there anymore, but that was where I started to to actually race. So I went there on a little like Walmart Huffy bike with like pool noodles on around the frame so it wouldn't hurt if I fell. Right. And and I <laughs> used to just uh, go around the track and, and I raced that same weekend and I got third place and I just fell in love with it. And I was like, I have to do this. So nice. I fell bit. in love with that. Oh yeah. Oh, I got the bite. I got it bad. Yeah. That's awesome, <laughs> man. Dang. That's so funny that <clears throat> usually like when I see somebody who's really talented, what I'm noticing, it doesn't always apply, but when someone's really talented on the bike, I always wonder if they came from moto. And if they don't, I always <laughs> wonder if they came from BMX and you kind of had a little mm. bit of both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I the the motorcycle stuff didn't take off. That got my mom was like, no, no, yeah. and my dad was like, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we shouldn't throw him in the deep end yet, you know. So something a little less impact that where you yeah. don't, can't really get hurt too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially since the first crash was pretty intense. So yeah, um, but yeah, BMX definitely is like the foundation of my riding like pumping and keeping speed and momentum, you know, that all came from, from BMX. Uh, I definitely owe it all to that for sure. And how, how long were you, <clears throat> you, so you got third in that race, you kind of, you got bit by that <laughs> bug. Did you, did you stay in BMX for a long time before you transitioned over into mountain biking or was it a natural progression to like kind of do both sports at, at a period of time? Uh, I actually only raced about six, six years or so um i got you know we we ended up going all over the place you know all over the country and and you know going to as many races as we can and um after i started i i quit bmx racing actually when i started high school um because i was also playing trumpet so i was very much into music as well oh, so nice. when i started high school i um got like sucked into marching band and 
all the orchestras and the jazz band. And that's what I did. Um, and bike riding kind of took a back seat. And then um, I got reintroduced into biking like late high school. Um, we had some friends in the band who were, um, they just liked to hike a lot. So we always would go like up to Rocky Peak, which is right near where I live. And uh, they'd be like, oh, you can ride mountain bikes down these trails. And I was like, oh, I used to ride bikes. We should do that sometime. That sounds fun. And I remember we all took our mountain bikes up there. I had some some hardtail giant. It was a giant <laughs> STP2. I don't even know if it's a mountain bike, but it had suspension in the front for sure. Uh, uh -huh. uh, <laughs> and they uh, they just decided to like race down the mountain. And I was like, okay, well, I can't lose. Like, I'm not going to lose to my friends. So I had to beat them. And then, yeah, and then I was like, juice going, huh? Yeah. I was like, hey, wait, you can't win. So <laughs> then I got the mountain bike bite because they're like, oh, we should go down the mountain really fast. And then we got down to the bottom. And I remember being like, oh, man, that was that was way more fun than BMX riding, <laughs> you know, the BMX racing. So nice. that was when I got the mountain bike bite pretty much nice dude what a great place to cut your teeth that simi valley area rocky peak oh, i mean yeah, yeah. good grief <laughs> so that's kind of like where your foundation then started in that in those trails out there yeah definitely good definitely. lord yeah rocky peak is not easy um i have people that you know they, they'll message me they're like oh you know i'm a i'm a beginner rider i'd love to start riding rocky peak you know and I'm, I'm, I'm honest with them. I'm like, you know, Rocky Peak is not easy. Like even now, like, I mean, I've done it thousands of times, but even now it's still like challenging. It only gets easier for me because I have it like memorized, you know, right, the repetition. So, but there's nothing like easy up there, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's all kind of difficult. <laughs> it looks crazy. Like jumping down and landing into like rock transitions and oh yeah tight spaces <laughs> and giant gaps uh man and that's on gopro from what i've seen so in real life <laughs> it's got to look like no way <laughs> oh yeah it'll that mountain will spit you up or chew you up and spit you out Dude, for I, sure i so. believe it i believe it man uh we got a couple people right here just chiming in real quick right dirty is saying uh bucci for the win and then eddie rides is saying when airbag <laughs> <laughs> i have an airbag and he always asks me if i uh if i'm gonna set it up and ride it so oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, he always wants to join in on that <laughs> nice dude i actually just for the first time on on that note right there i had just gone to uh wheels up mtv and oh. they did a really cool um airbag jump jam that was pretty fun mm. and just just being able to jump on an airbag was kind of confidence inspiring you know knowing mm -hmm. that uh, you're going to be safe. The only part that kind of sketched me out a little bit is if you were to crash, it looked, you know, the airbag mm -hmm. would run out of airbag. <laughs> so there was yeah. something coming. <laughs> yeah, actually, there's a really funny video on my Instagram. Joey can probably pull it up. Uh, it's when I was in Truckee um, and I was learning. I, I had, I know 360s, but like very roughly, um, I wouldn't say I know them very well, but they have a sweet airbag setup at Truckee. Um, and I was kind of practicing them a little bit. And then I had a really bad fall. Hold on, which one is it? 
a little bit more down. Oh, right there. See where I'm sideways? Oh, wait. Up up a little bit? No, no, not that one. <laughs> this one. Uh, no, up one. And then to the right. Yeah. Have you ever wondered what it feels like to crack? Yeah, so you can see me go up. This is the big one. Boom. And then I landed sideways Whoa. and had a really bad fall. <laughs> Whoa. There yeah, so I had them like pretty good on the small one and then you know some flips and stuff and then i did it on the big one and i landed sideways whoa look at your feet in the sky <laughs> and i tomahawked and i went all the way down to the dirt at the oh bottom. dang yeah it, it kind of looked like that it was <laughs> yeah it was it was not fun um well it was okay like smacking my head and kind of like tumbling down the airbag i didn't really feel that yeah. it was like after i fell off the airbag i just like smacked my hands on the dirt and Dang. that kind of sucked but yeah. <laughs> aside from that like you just got to be careful on the airbag because like you'll want to like run out of it if you land on it and you forget it's like really squishy so it's like a totally different experience yeah. and people will like roll their ankles and stuff on it and stuff like that but it's super fun you know if you can find like a cool setup or someone that has one or yeah you know, it's it's cool that, that might lead into the question here that came from the trail dogs they're asking um how do you learn backflips just send it or is there a way to build up to it uh definitely a way to build up to it uh i mean you can just send it if you want uh you know, it depends how your air awareness is in the air. Uh, I learned it. I like to learn things like very slowly. Um, only then once I've learned it, have, like I've learned it and I've got it dialed in, can I kind of go crazy with it? Um, oh, yeah, this was at Truckee. Yeah, very, very. I, I'm feeling pretty comfortable on them for sure. But it's only eight footer, right? The big one. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. It's like eight foot with like maybe like a. 15 foot gap maybe with then that gap there's no airbag for the folks that are listening on itunes and spotify <laughs> there's no airbag <laughs> in that gap yeah 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 it's straight to dirt <laughs> yeah <laughs> super good super sick yeah uh, but i learned on um you know in a foam pit in woodward um oh. i actually didn't even learn from a guy on a bike um one of the staff members saw me like in this mental hurdle that I was having and he was a rollerblader, like a rollerblade instructor guy. Okay. And he actually taught me how to backflip. Oh yeah. Here we go. This was it. Oh first yeah. One. Nice Joey. That was the first one. Whoa. That looked like you've been doing it forever. <laughs> yeah. They're actually pretty easy. Um, it's just like a mental thing. Um, they're, they're pretty like relaxed. Like once you know the position and like what to do, they're, they're pretty easy. They're a little more difficult on like a downhill bike at snow summit. Cause it's like, there's so many different variables, like, you know, how steep is the, the takeoff? How much does your suspension absorb? You know, there's so many different factors that come into play, but if you, it, once you learn them, they're pretty easy. Um, but yeah, you can just send it if you want, but learning it like in a process is, is, uh, definitely smarter yeah that's my airbag setup wow that's dope yeah i don't have it out often uh because it's on my mom's like front lawn God, <laughs> and God. that's like the only place i can put it and it kills the grass within like a day 
So uh. she's like, okay, you can put it up. And it's like, I keep it at the house and it's really nice to just like throw, put it up, but then I got to take it back down. And the thing's like a thousand pounds. Oh, so God. I got to roll it up all by myself and move it and then move the ramp and get it off the grass. And I, I stake it into the ground. And it's like, it's so much work. <laughs> it's so much work. So <clears throat> like a big process. Yeah. Especially when oh, you're yeah. solo. Definitely. Especially. Now let's talk about the backflip. Cause I think that one's like, it's funny because I, I had ran into Dylan Stark at the Gale Webb uh, sports park out in Menifee mm -hmm. and he was throwing backflips and he said the same thing. He goes, man, it's actually pretty easy. He goes, you just, you just pull and then yeah. you let the bike rotate all the way around and you don't let go. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, it is pretty much just like a pull pretty much. That, that's yeah. crazy. So when you first <laughs> learned it into the foam pit, like what was going on in your mind? And, and did you have any mental blocks? Like, did you, did you lay on your back first or did you, what was the prop, the progression like? Well, I had, it's, it's funny. I bought this airbag specifically so I could get these backflips and it was a real struggle because I had this airbag for probably a year and I practiced like half backflips. I would just go up and then I wouldn't go around, like turn my head all the way around. I would just, throw the bike and let go and i have tons of videos of it i haven't posted anything about it but i have probably like a thousand failed attempts of me doing these half backflips and it got pretty like mentally draining on me because i would mm -hmm. just do that like for hours and then i would never actually commit to doing a backflip um but i had that like ingrained in my head so i had like learned to not do them so that was like a oh, huge wow mental struggle and i uh had this goal of mine to learn them right so i was like okay how am i gonna do this so i had a free weekend um you know and i had some like a week pretty much i took a week off of work and i said i am going to tahoe and i'm going to woodward and i am going into the foam pit and i'm going to learn how to backflip and that is my whole goal for this five-day trip in tahoe Nice. And for like the first two days, I was in this foam pit and I couldn't commit to anything and I didn't know what to do. And I was just struggling and I just couldn't commit to like pulling, like committing to, to fully going backwards because it's the point of like, oh my gosh, I have no control. You're just spinning in the air and you can't see anything and it doesn't make sense. And, and it's really terrifying, honestly. And you're standing on top you know, the rolling in the foam pit and you're like, oh, you know, I, I could probably do that, you know. And then when you get up there and you're standing there, you're like, oh, no way. I'm not doing that. No, <laughs> I didn't really mean that, you know. <laughs> so that's what I did for like two days. And then on the third day, <clears throat> this rollerblader came up to me and he was like, he's like, oh, I'm a staff member here. You know, like, what are you trying to learn, man? And I was like, I'm trying to learn backflips. And he's like, all right give me 10 minutes you'll land your first one and i was like yeah whatever you say dude i've already <laughs> like ingrained in my head like not doing them like i gotta unlearn all of that and do that and and he gave me these very specific pointers for doing that so he was like okay you're gonna go and you're gonna roll in right you already know the speed for the foam pit you're just gonna roll in you're gonna pull backwards just like you think you would and then you know, you're going to panic 
and you're going to panic. But when you panic, just keep going through it. Like just push through the panic because you're going to be fine. And you just need to trust me on it. You need to push through the panic. And I was like, oh, okay, dang. what's next? He's like, well, after you push through the panic, you want to take your bars and put them into your chest, pull your legs, like your heels, like just up to your butt. And you want the bike just like as close to you as possible. And you're just going to look back and you're going to tuck and you're just going to go tuck, tuck, tuck. And you're going to think tucking like the whole time in your head, because the first time you do a backflip, people like kind of, they get kind of nervous. They kind of freak out and they like extend their arms or something. And that like really slows down the backflip. Uh -huh. So if you tuck in, you'll rotate a lot faster and get around faster. And then once you know like the rotation, you can then learn to like go out from there and like slow down the rotation because it's all in like the tuck. Oh, so wow. he's like, okay, so just drop in, pull, push through the panic and tuck as hard as you can. And I was like, okay, whatever you say, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I rolled in and I did it. And I was just like, okay, tuck. And, and I came around and I like totally under rotated, which is, which is crazy to think because I don't even really tuck like that anymore when I do them. Like it's all like a very neutral body position. But now, but when I first learned them, I was like super like tucked in. And uh, I just, I landed like front wheel into the foam and I just like face into it and like, squished my neck and my head back and and that was like my first one but i was like in the foam pit or the foam pit like freaking out i was like Ain't I, no I way i just did that yeah <laughs> yeah because it was like a year of just not committing to it wow. so i had convinced myself i like did not have a chance of like breaking through that barrier and committing to it so the fact that this rollerblader came by and showed me how to do it in five minutes, like blew my mind. So <laughs> that's so crazy. So would yeah. you say a lot of that was like that, a, men a mental thing that he helped you get through just to be able to push through that panic stage? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's the, I kind of apply it to a lot of things now, like, you know, the backflips or learning new tricks or doing some big jump or whatever. It's kind of like, well, you need to know your skill and you need to know where your skills lie and obviously, you know, how you are on the bike. Like if there's something that's totally out of your range, it's usually pretty obvious. Um, but if there's something you're capable of and it's just like your head is just kind of messing with you, you're like, Oh, I, I know I can do it. I'm just scared to do it. It's, you know, you kind of take a minute, you know, say your prayers and you go, okay, I know I got this, but when I drop in and I do it, I'm going to, push through the panic and I'm going to commit to it because I've gotten hurt a lot of times from not committing to something. Yeah. So uh, every time I do something, I just commit to it. It's just, if you're going to drop in and you're going to try something, you have to commit to it. That's, that's like 95% of it really. That's, that's huge. That's a great tip. Um, yeah. Riding dirty out of Arizona saying rad story. My dude, definitely. He, he's, uh, <laughs> he's digging that. Um, uh bell big john just jumped on he says what's up family sorry i'm late love seeing my brothers on the screen side by side chopping up about bikes <laughs> cheers brother cheers john yeah. cheers dude that um that's that strikes a bell for me because somebody once told me when i was first learning how to jump and i'm still learning this whole sport and i'm having a blast with it they they <laughs> yeah. said 
if you're going to commit to like this jump, mm-hmm. you, you have like 24 hours in the day, which equals like, I don't know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of seconds. You need to mm-hmm. tell yourself two of those seconds belong to this commitment. And you need to hold to that two second commitment and you can't look back. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all right. And it, and it <laughs> helped that mental thing, you know, like all I got to do is hold on for two seconds here. And then before I know it, my front wheels off, my back wheels off and I'm already eyeing the landing like that totally worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a great point. And, you know, once you start doing, I don't know, jumps, you know, for example, over and over and over, you start to realize, oh, it's not really, you know, as bad as I think it is. And, you know, my, my, you know, obviously you're progressing, you know, and that's the whole, you know, that's the whole point is knowing where your, your skills lie and where your progression is. And usually when you do something for the first time and, and it goes well, you're like, oh, you know, what was I freaking out about? That's, yeah. that's, that's what I tell people, you know, people ask me for advice on jumps and I'm like, well, you know, when you do it and you always tell yourself, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. That's usually how it is, is it's usually never that bad. And that's usually how it is on a bike. You know, all my crashes and accidents, they're like fluke, they're fluke accidents. Like, you know, it's, it's trying something I probably shouldn't be doing like a trick or something, um, you know, but or I, or I clip a rock or I hit a branch or, you know, stuff like that. It's all like random accidents. It's yeah. usually not me trying to do something crazy, crazy big or something new is when I, you know, that's not usually when I get hurt. It's because I only really try stuff if I know I'm pretty much capable of doing it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's a whole progression thing and just being very well aware of your bike and where your skills lie i think so that's awesome man that's good that's really good advice i i also feel like the focus is always there you know when you're trying something like new and scary accidents always at least for my experience too um, accidents seem to happen when i'm least expecting it like i'm not kind of on my guard i'm just kind of you know something mellow and then bam how did I get here on the ground? <laughs> Dirt tastes yeah. kind of salty today. <laughs> yeah. I always end up crashing when it's like I'm riding sloppy. It's like if I'm tired or it's like I'm in a rush or I'm not really feeling it and like I'm riding sloppy, that's when I'll crash. Or, I'll, you know, even if it's something I've done a bunch, I'll just be like, uh, I don't want to do that today. You know, yeah. so I'm very good at like pulling myself back and being like, okay, don't do that today, even though you probably could, you know, it's just not worth it, you know? And then there's days where you just want to like go crazy, you know? So you feel it, you're in the, you're in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are built to like go crazy every single day. I would love to be built like that, but I'm, I, I like to, you know, I like to not be wearing a boot or be in a cast or something all the time. So I I like to pull myself back a little bit sometimes when I know I'm getting kind of crazy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's smart. That's a good, good awareness, good management of, uh, of bike life. Uh, trail monster saying it's funny how just a different piece of advice from someone else or how they say it makes it click. Yeah, Yeah. it's true. (laughs) It's true, man. This, the sport is so mental. It's physical for sure. Um, yeah mental mental for sure tumor warrior is saying accidents are so random makes me look like a noob at times yeah (laughs) right it's just you know i Mm -hmm. um my last good rib crack was off of a a left berm 
that I've, I've hit tons of times and somehow mm. the front tire just slid over the top. <laughs> yeah. It, it happens. Yeah. It yeah. was like, I was like just warming up too. It was, uh, <laughs> I wasn't even, you know, worried about it. Our own left turn. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Ribs, ribs are, are rough, man. Ribs. Yeah. I've I hurt my ribs only once and it, they take way too long to heal. Yes. And it, in, it inconveniences you in like multiple ways than one, like sneezing or, oh. or breathing <laughs> or yeah. eating or right. laying down or getting up. Like, getting it's up. A, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sneezing is like, oh, no, yeah. it's happening. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> don't freak out. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. I want to run around and yell for about a minute afterwards, but it's going to be OK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ribs. Those are not fun. <laughs> uh, SSB is saying, sup, riding dirty, let's go. Uh, Trail <laughs> Pimp is saying, almost to the top. It It is getting cold up here. Oh, Trail Pimp, he's out there. He's out there doing it. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Dirty says, what's your advice if you haven't jumped since last season in getting over the fear all over again? Yes, especially when you pull up to the bike park and they built large marge and all these new things that you're like, well, that was not here last year. <laughs> what do you yeah. do to warm up? Well, this is actually a perfect example because as you know, you're in California, it's been raining like crazy. Right. I haven't, you know, I haven't, I've rarely been doing anything this year. I've been digging a lot. I still ride like regular little trail stuff but maybe like once every two weeks or so, I really have not been riding. And I was very worried because a lot of the stuff I work on is like big jumps, you know, like 45 foot, you know, 50 foot things. And it's like, man, I'm fixing this up, but I haven't ridden it in two months. And like, I'm worried that I'm fixing it up and I'm not even going to ride it when it's done because I've just had so much time off the bike. Yeah. Um, so usually one thing I do is I'm like, okay, I've done this before. I know it. And I'm pretty, you know, it depends how comfortable you're feeling that day. It depends if it's your goal that day to do that jump or to do that feature that you want to do. Um, but you know, I take lots of time to warm up. Sometimes I'll, you know, just do like a quick loop of something and go back up. And then we'll go hit the big stuff. Warming up is definitely important. Um, but just making sure, you know, you remember how your bike feels. Usually your bike will tell you if it, you know, if you're on your bike and it feels foreign to you, then maybe don't try it that day. You know, don't try mm -hmm. anything, you know, new or big or new thing you're trying to progress that day. Um, but I definitely take my time to you know, warm up a little bit. And um, sometimes I get on the bike and I just like feel good. And it's like, okay, I've done this before. And I hop on and I do it. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't so bad. You know, wow. It feels like it was two months ago, you right. know? And yeah. then sometimes I won't ride for a week and it feels like I haven't ridden for six months. Oh, that's the worst. You're trying to get your brain yeah. and body into it and it's not clicking. Yeah. I think it's just being comfortable, you know, on your bike and being like, ah, oh, you know, I know these trails really well. Um, you know, I should, you know, trust myself and trust how I'm feeling is usually what I do. I try not to think about how much time I haven't spent on the bike. I usually focus more on how comfortable I feel on it, you know? That's good. So if you think in like 
like a time frame because that time frame will get in your head and you'll be like, oh, it's just been too long. Like I'm losing skill. I'm losing, you know, all this progression that I've made. And you you tend to like beat yourself up. And I just I don't I don't like to think like that because usually you're a lot you're capable of a lot more than you really think. So I I just try to think how comfortable I feel on the bike. And then that's usually how I figure out what I'm doing that day, you know. Nice. So that's good, man. That's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of like jump on the bike, be true to your how you're feeling, how how the bike feels, you oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. Your equipment. Oh, that's a good way to do it. I guess you're right. There really is no wrong. There's nothing wrong with like doing the whole pre-ride, re-ride, free-ride thing. You know, if you're feeling that, then maybe it takes that. Or maybe you jump on and you're like, it's free-ride time. But, uh, it's good to know <laughs> yeah. like how you feel being open <clears throat> to to how that uh, comfort level is in your skills. Yeah. That's that's really good. Good advice. Yeah. Um, we got uh, a question here from uh, oh Eddie Eddie writes he says I want to hit G <laughs> and Megalodon <laughs> at Rocky Peak he's saying yeah G G is the is the trail that I work on um, and I maintain um, very old legendary trail probably like thirty years old first oh. trail on Rocky I don't know if it's the first trail but it's definitely like the OG one of the one of the OG things. Um, and I noticed in like 2017, people weren't working on it around that time. And it kind of got abandoned, super overgrown. It didn't rain for a long time. So no one was working on it. And then after it rained, I noticed people still didn't work on it. And I was like, oh man, oh man, someone needs to work on this trail. It's legendary. It's been in, it's, it was in a Coors Light commercial like 15 years ago. Oh, And like, it's just like a super legendary trail. And, you know, it's got the biggest jumps on the mountain. And it's secret. I probably shouldn't be name dropping it and all that, but you know, I'm the only one that works on it now. So what does it matter? But <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I just would have hate, I would have hated to like see it, you know, go, go away. Yeah. So I first wrote it when I was like 14. I didn't do a whole lot on it. You know, it took me a lot of time to get through it, but I've definitely, uh, you know, progressed a lot from writing there and just, you know, taking my time and respecting the trail and respecting the mountain and being like, I'm going to do this today. I'm going to do that. And then, you know, eventually getting through it. And he, he's, he said he wants to hit Megalodon. That was my big drop that I built on it. It's like Utah style, like rampagey kind of drop. It's not super big, but you know, for an, an intermediate rider or, you know, something like that, it's still pretty gnarly, I would say, but um, you know, I've added a couple things. So Megalodon is the name of the, the drop that I made. I feel like I've seen that in video. Is that one towards the end of the trail? Megalodon? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw it. That's a pretty good size one. And some of the writers that I happen to watch on YouTube, they were hitting it. And one guy, he... <laughs> nose cased it did you see that video yeah i was there when that happened oh yes yes yeah i felt so bad that dude was like i thought his ribs were busted yeah he came in just a tad bit too slow <laughs> and uh i was like yeah just let go of your brakes right here pull up and you should be fine just hang on and you know don't let go it's it's a really slow entrance and it has a really short landing it's very like thread the needle type um really scary kind of thing so I, I love that I, I need I wanted to make something kind of scary so I uh 
so he i think he may have just slightly missed the pop or or didn't quite go just a little bit fast enough and just he like bailed out and you know yeah he was that's what it was that's what it was it it looked like his trajectory was going to be okay Mm -hmm. and then i mean and then he kind of bailed out at the same time i believe Mm -hmm. is what it looked like but yeah that that drop is is big that is big (laughs) oh yeah yeah it was definitely um inspired from utah and all of that so yeah dude your clips out of utah were insane (laughs) how did it feel doing the canyon gap you cleaned it like uh like nobody's mm. business. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. We I because I went to Rampage this year or last year, right? And um that was the first I had been to Utah before, but I wanted to go to the Rampage and kind of see, you know, what the whole experience was like. And I was very surprised. It was it was way better than I thought it was gonna be. You know, it was just like the people and everyone hyping everyone up and doing these big jumps and everything it was definitely an experience i'm totally gonna go again this year it was pretty crazy um but the canyon gap was um uh it was pretty chill it looks pretty scary um i know i know i say it looks chill but it's like not it's the furthest thing from that but i guess i'm just kind of used to doing stuff like that but you have like this hundred foot run-in and it's got like this slight pre-hop. And if you go too fast on the pre-hop, you land like in the lip, like in oh. the takeoff. Oh, so you have no. to like, yeah. So you have to go in this pre-hop and like push down so you catch the takeoff. And then you're over this canyon, which is like, I don't know, another 60 feet below you. Oh, so, but it's pretty hard to come up short because you have like this hundred foot run in. So it's pretty easy to like overshot. I overshot it like, a couple times but i did it like five or six times Dang. it was pretty fun Dang. yeah yeah <laughs> and that's that was like that's at the is that at the bottom of last year's course right for a lot of those guys like i know it was an option not everybody mm. hit it but it's yeah. um yeah so so that well i think if we're still if we're talking about the feature i think we're talking about the canyon gap um that's it what what everyone calls the old site okay so it's like the original rampage site uh that's where everyone camps like during rampage um i i strongly encourage people to go to utah and go visit the rampage sites even if you're not gonna hit anything big and crazy there's there's small stuff there there's plenty of small things for people to hit and there's trails and and things to check out but i highly recommend going just not even during rampage just at any time and camping out there or whatever because seeing the size of these features in person is ridiculous like you think oh yeah it's big it looks big on camera but you see it in person and it's it's insane like it's it's ridiculous like the first time i was there i was like oh yeah i'm gonna you know i have all these plans i'm gonna do this huge thing and we're gonna go to this rampage site and i'm gonna do this jump it's on my list i'm gonna do it and then i get there and i you get humbled instantly instantly you're like there's there's no way that people do this like you're you're standing on the top of something that's like a hunt like a lip that's 100 feet up up top and then you have like a 60 foot drop 
and then the landing to that is like another 60 to 70 feet oh god and and you're like this is ridiculous there's yeah. no way like there's no, no way people do this bro my my palms are sweating <laughs> just talking about it that yeah. sounds crazy yeah it's crazy and then and then the second mental hurdle is to think that people flip off it and they do 360s off it or they do front flips and no handers and you're like man I can't even straight jump it. Like, you know, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. You got a flat landing like this and you have a landing that's like almost you know, not vertical, but like at this crazy angle. And you're like, how do I even wow. put that together? How do I do that? Wow. Yeah. yeah. You can't miss that one. If you, if you're in the, you got oh, yeah. me, it's a make or, or, <laughs> or there's, yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. good. Yeah. No fall zone. No fall zone. <laughs> yeah. My gosh. I mean, just looking at uh, the writers when they were coming in last year and you see Dylan Stark, who's one of our talented local guys. Mm-hmm. And when he gets to the bottom and he kind of like pats his heart, you know, like oh, <laughs> I made it. You're like, Whoa, that that's something yeah. different. Yeah, I was at the bottom with with his with his girlfriend. I was at the bottom just hanging out with her when and and some other people that were there um down at the finishing circle or whatever you want to call it. And um he had come down from his run and he was like, yeah, he was like stressing out because that that ridge on the top is probably like I don't know, 8 inches wide oh and you have you have the wind and the helicopter and like and and like loose dirt and stuff falling in like cliffs on both sides so i wouldn't dare like i I mean i would probably go climb up there i'm going to at some point i'm sure but you know it's it's definitely not to be messed with yeah definitely not and it's all public like you can go there like not during rampage and you can just climb on things and you can you could ride the rampage courses and people's lines if you wanted to but no one does because it's like only they can do that yeah that's like the top one percent of of riders that are that skilled and that mentally (laughs) like you know there to be able to to do that that's insane yeah Yeah. i've heard of people just trying to walk the the lines and they've (laughs) had to put ropes just so they can get get there and get down it's Mm -hmm. gnarly yeah you there's builders that they repel from the top and they're they're throwing dirt on the side of this (laughs) of this mountain face and you're like what are you building and it's like like they're building something crazy and you can't comprehend it and until you go there and you see it and like Dude. you'll see you'll see a cliffside and you'll see like a sandbag in the middle of the cliff and you're like what's that for and they're like oh yeah that's the, that's the shoot right there and you're like no way there's no that's not possible like yeah and it looks like nothing you know you know on camera but then you see it and it, it's it's crazy so i always encourage people to go there and look at it cuz it definitely like expands your horizon yeah. for what you think a mountain bike can do and what it's capable of Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to do that. I definitely want to do that. Right. And dirty yeah. is saying when you boys are ready for a Utah trip, let me know. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Straight yeah. line MTV just uh, pops in. He says, que pasa carnal. So, <laughs> dude, um, let's, uh, let's talk about, you were saying a little bit earlier how, you know, mountain biking and, and the skill of like mm-hmm. overcoming fear and pushing through things has extended out into your life, you know, on and off the bike. I know mm-hmm. some of the things you had mentioned earlier, uh, your dad was a big influence on you when you started. Um, mm-hmm. 
did you want to share a little bit about uh about the story of your dad yeah sure yeah he um he was like also an extreme guy <laughs> not not quite as you know screw loose like i have sometimes uh <laughs> but he um let's see he was very much into cars you know and i have you know my subaru which is my fun little car that i have and um he wasn't quite into the bikes and stuff he was more of watching me do the bikes you know he was like my supporter and the guy rebuilding them and maintaining them and doing all that yeah there's my subaru that's my Dang. baby yeah she's sick <laughs> yeah she's 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 a fun car Lots of problems, but not anymore. Not anymore. No more problems. <laughs> I fixed everything. It works beautifully now. Um, but but that's that's my that's my car. I've had that a long time. Um, but yes, he he was very much into his cars and his motorcycles, and you know he loved boats and he loved airplanes and he loved anything extreme like that. You know the big boy toys. You know, so he loved all that stuff and he was a little bit older when I was born. He was about 64 when I was born. So I always had an older dad. So I got the later half of him, but he um, saw that I also had this love for extreme stuff and going fast and wanting to push it all the time. And so he was like a big supporter in that. Nice. So all the BMX racing was all, you know, he drove me every time he, paid for the races he drove me out god knows where everywhere you know um hotels you know motel sixes whatever staying spending the night in these blighted towns so you could go to this random bmx track like <laughs> and do all these races like that was what we did and and he loved that because he kind of slowed down a little bit and you know he walked kind of slow and he wasn't he couldn't do all the biking and all that he could drive, but he uh, didn't do all the biking and all that. So he loved that for me. So he really wanted me to do that. And then um, <clears throat> he was around in high school. And then in my last year in high school, um, well, he, he had been sick for, for a little while. He had prostate cancer oh. and some other issues. Um, and then my last year of high school, he passed away. He got, oh, yeah, he got significantly um, worse like in my last semester. And then about a month before I graduated, he passed away. Oh, geez. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's rough. Sorry, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Man. It was, it was, uh, it was definitely um, a difficult time, sure. especially since it was like about a month before I graduated. Yeah. I was like, oh, almost made it, you know, like <laughs> I almost graduated, you know? Yeah. So that was, um, that was, uh, that was like a big turning point in my life because now all the music and that I was doing, cause I was, you know, and playing the trumpet and doing all that. So all the music I did, all the biking that I had done and anything I now do in the future became my responsibility. So, yeah. you know, if I wanted to do anything, you know, obviously I had my mom, you know, um, but she's not going to maintain my bikes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's going to love me and support me just like your mom should. And she does. And she's so incredible and so fantastic. Um, but you know, if I want to mountain bike and if I want to hurl myself off cliffs and I want to do stuff in the future, it's now my responsibility. And, you know, I, 
kept that inside me and I drove myself, you know, I would drive to snow summit for a whole year. I went every single week by myself. No one knew who I was. I was in hiding. No one, no one had known me yet. And I had no mountain bike friends and I just did party wave, party wave, party wave, party wave. I probably did party wave a thousand times, you know, that season in like, Oh, I don't know. 20 26 no wait 2018 2018 probably the year you lost your dad uh i lost him in 2015 2015 okay yeah so wow. there were a couple years where i was yeah that was me with wow just, look at just you my go. just by myself <laughs> Dang. yeah so i would just do all that yeah 2018 wow good Good guess. I remember that. Nice. nice. <laughs> but I, um, yeah, everything kind of became my responsibility. And if I wanted to be good at mountain biking and I wanted to do all that, I would have to maintain my bikes. I would have to, you know, drive myself and pay for that stuff and, and do all that. And, and that's what I did. And, um, you know, the, the amount of support that he gave me and all of that, is is something that i didn't think about in the moment you know you're a kid you don't really think about those things yeah he's just doing only, dad, dad stuff yeah doing dad stuff yeah and then it's not until you're older when you realize oh man like i should have been more grateful but it's like you, you're a kid you know you don't you don't take that you know you take that time for granted kind of yeah. and and um i've it's it's funny to think of how much i've learned about him after the fact and and after he passed away is there's so much i'm learning about him even now like all the time i i learn stuff about him and but definitely like the more i learn about him i realize i am very much like him in that extreme biking kind of sense you know with the cars and the bikes and going fast and you know doing stuff like that and you know i'm sure once i beat up my body enough and my ankles don't work anymore and my knees don't work anymore i'll probably gravitate to something else you know yeah and that's kind of like what he did you know he had gotten to a point where he couldn't do too much anymore and he's like oh well i have this kid who loves doing it so i'm gonna put that on to him and, nice. and he loved it so that's kind of you know how i uh, that's kind of where he sits with me and and everything so that's cool dude that's really special man i love how the extreme part of our sport helps you become closer to your dad and allows you to kind of understand a little bit more about who he was and what he did for you. You know, that's, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Great dad still do. I'm sure that's probably why <laughs> you are flying through the air and like, you know, pulling these things off because uh, someone's looking after you. Oh is- yeah. He's got the best seat in the house. Yeah. He just gets to watch from, <laughs> from up above and he's like, he gets to see it all. You know, I don't have to, record videos and show him it's like he just sees all of it you know yep. so yeah dude that's awesome chris that's uh thank you for sharing that man that's what was your dad's name his name was raymond raymond sweet yes. sweet cool that's very cool <laughs> and i could see based off of uh this that uh raymond is alive and well with you my bro <laughs> <laughs> he like yeah. cars and that Subaru <laughs> is dope now that's all is this all you or did you take it somewhere to have it done? Um, I did everything except the paint. Oh, I didn't I didn't do the yeah. paint. Yeah, I, I had some engine things that I had touched on the Subaru just a little bit. Um, but 
you know, California, you can only do so much. So I got in, I got in trouble with the police very often with this car. Uh, <laughs> is, is it loud? Uh, it used to be, it used to like, just have, you know, it was like straight piped all the way out and it had no, <laughs> you know, no cats, no resonators, no mufflers. And it just used to shoot big flames out the back and oh, it was fun and it was a lot of fun. And then I got in some trouble and then I made it quiet again and I reverted the engine back to stock. And then, uh, I wanted to make it look the way I wanted it to look. And, you know, I bought the body kit and I mounted everything and I've changed so much on it. And I just said, if I'm going to look at it every single day, I want it to look exactly the way I want it to look right. And right now. It looks exactly the way I want it to look and it drives the way I want it to drive. And it's, it's quick and it's fun and it gets so much attention. I'm, I'm not out there to get attention with it. I just, it, I like that it gets attention. It's funny. Um, you know, there's always people taking pictures of it, but I just, when I get in it and I drive, it feels like it fits me and, and my style because it's just crazy and it's sharp and it's you know it's it lays low and it's it's mean looking and it's just i i love how it looks you know yeah. so it's not for everyone but it's for me so that's, i like it that's <laughs> dope yeah that's awesome man now did yeah. your dad get a chance to see that car yes yes he did in fact uh drive it um not when it was looking like that all low and wide-bodied and all that he drove it when it was like new he bought it for me it was actually like the last, probably the last one of the last things he got for me. He said, I wanted to do this for you. And he got me the car. And then a couple months later, he passed away. Um, so he got to drive it. So he was a very big fan of it. So I know he likes it. Sweet. And, you know, people ask me, they're like, oh, why don't you sell the thing? You know, you rarely drive it and, you know, all this. And I'm like, I could never sell that car, you know as big yeah. as a pain in the neck it is sometimes i would i would never sell that car yeah never sell it it's got a so, lot of sentimental value to it you know yeah definitely yeah, so i i take very good care of it it's, it's like impeccable on the inside it's just like very clean and just i try to take very good care of it so dang that's yeah. dope <laughs> now i noticed there was a sick bike on top of there um <laughs> what uh what what rigs are you running right now and, and what have you been really comfortable with? Uh, well, that one in that photo, I'm actually super comfortable with. Um, that's my comments all. It's, um, let me see. I had, I think there's a picture of the bike there. Yeah, that one. It's the comments all furious. It's like their, their downhill bike. It's actually a 26, 27. Whoa. I like, I know I like the, I like the small, this is like the rampage, like the Utah big hit bike. So I take this out when I do like big sessions and, and uh, you know, we want to try something new or test out a big scary feature or something like this is the bike to take because it's single speed. It has super thick rims in like the one in the back is like this 26 inch, like 39 mil wide wheel with you know tubes and inserts and sealant in the tubes and it's single speed and it's just like unbreakable i couldn't break the thing if i tried it's it's bomb proof and that's what it does and that it, it doesn't do you know it's not for like regular trail riding or anything it's like for sessioning and tricks and big jumps and you know overshooting stuff 
or undershooting stuff. Like I couldn't break it if I tried. So it's definitely, I don't know, Bucci proof, I guess. I think it's a but... beast. Yeah. <laughs> Bucci proof, Bucci proof, Bucci proved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that thing's crazy. That so thing's... I, I love that thing. It's, it's, it's awesome. And, um, I'm also really comfortable on my e-bike. It's a YT decoy nice. shred. Um, oh, nice. I've had that one like probably the, the longest out of any of my other bikes. It's I've had it like two years now, two, two and a half years, I think maybe like two years. Uh, but I'm super comfortable on that. The e-bike, just like my everyday thing. Yeah. It handles most of what I throw at it. Um, I've broken and replaced every part on my e-bike. From the headset to the cranks to the shocks to three different forks to the bars the stem the brakes the wheels the tires <laughs> i've broken everything you know different seat posts the droppers i've broken everything on my e-bike the only thing i haven't broken is the motor the motor is good i overheat the motor every once in a while but the motor is good <laughs> so oh man she's definitely the workhorse that one yeah. <laughs> nice so those are the two rigs is so we'll yeah. find you on the commons hall uh, at summit or out at utah and then around rocky peak or a anywhere else we'll, we'll see you on the decoy yeah yeah i also have my new one i just finished was was my i have a crestline um that i got from you know troyden and crestline bikes and, and all of them over there um i've known troyden for a long time i'm not sure if you know troyden um but he used to live out here and he was a so he was a racer world-class guy super nice insanely fast wicked fast guy and him and i clicked very well he loved going super fast i couldn't quite keep up with him he's ridiculous Damn. um but he loves that i do all the jumps and stuff so he really wanted me on one of the crestline bikes and he got me uh he got me on a frame and i had sold a previous downhill bike and I, they just bought the frame and all the parts went over to the Crestline. So I like, it just worked. And I was like, okay, sweet. I got it. I got it. And that's technically my enduro bike because it has like an enduro cassette on it, but it's all set up like a downhill dual crown, um, all that. So I love like big travel, you know, big suspension, stuff like that. You know, I used to have enduro bikes and all that, but I don't even have enduro bikes anymore. It's just downhill bikes and my e-bike. So wow, yeah. dang Gucci, <laughs> I'm going big, man. Yeah, it's fun, man. I just I love it. I love going big, and I love having big burly bikes, and that's what I love doing. So <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. SSB is saying, "With age comes a cage, brothers." <laughs> <laughs> He's saying, "Glamis." Uh, MT Rage is saying, "Love sending the decoy." Yes. And he's saying Crestline. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, this one might coincide with one of the topics we were going to talk about tonight. He says, hey, Chris, have you had any major injuries from MTB? Now, I, I don't know mm -hmm. about the MTB part, but um, we, we talked about your heart a little bit. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And uh, that's, yeah, I can't wait to hear this because you're so athletic and you're so, <laughs> like, a, such a skilled writer. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, um. This was before the mountain biking. This was maybe like a year before I started really like getting deep into the mountain biking scene. Um, I was in college. I was doing software engineering. Uh, totally don't look like someone that would be doing that, but that's what I was doing. <laughs> um, I was I was very much into software engineering. Um, 
I had been doing that for about four or five years. And then, um, you know, it started off like anything else. It was like, oh, some chest pains and stuff like that. And it's like, why do I feel like that? I'm like 21 yeah, twenty two. stress. It was probably a mixture of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but what happened is I wasn't feeling good a couple times, and I ended up going to the ER, and they, you know, ran some tests and stuff like that. And I had some some heart stuff, um, some stuff that I was born with. Um, it was just, um, you know, one of the valves is a little deformed, so. Uh, we, I go in every year and get like a, what is it? Um, what do they do for pregnant women? Uh, like, a, like they do like an echocardiogram. They do like a. Yeah. Like, ultrasound. That's ultrasound. what it is. Yeah. They do an ultrasound. You know, they do some stress tests. They do stuff like that. Um, so there was like a, like a deformed heart valve, um, which is not an issue right now. Um but the real bad stuff started when I did the stress test. Uh -huh. So uh, I was basically sitting in my room all the time doing calculus and all my engineering stuff. And I wasn't biking. I wasn't super, I wasn't really athletic. Um, but I was very much upstairs for like 16 hours a day <laughs> oh, <laughs> working man. on projects and doing stuff like that. Pretty sedentary. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very pale. Very, you know, not a lot of sun. <laughs> and um, uh, they took me and they did a stress test and I was doing the treadmill thing. And um, those are the worst, man, by the way. Yeah, yeah not fun. <laughs> I um, I ended up getting tachycardic. So oh. my heart rate shot up to like 220, like Ooh. 220, really bad. Oh. Um, I was like freaking out in the doctor's office and it was not good. And my doctor was like, this is not good. Because <laughs> it was and, staying there, right? It wasn't. Yeah. And oh no, it was gosh. staying there. And um, I got really sick. And then for a long time after that, we were running lots of tests. So, you know, getting blood work done, doing, um, you know, stress tests and EKGs. And I had a cardiologist I was seeing. And it turns out I had some uh, some weak heart muscle. Um, that came from an infectious disease uh, a couple years prior. So oh, this infectious wow. disease migrated and ended up attacking a part of my heart and weakening the muscle of my heart. Wow. So there's a, like a percentage of, of like blood that gets pumped through your heart each time it pumps. It's, it's, I think it's around like 40 to 60%, something like that. And I think around like 40% and below is like heart failure. So I was at like 42% and, and it was not good. So I, yeah, I went to college and I had heart monitors on and, and I was seeing these people and I know I'm smiling about it. I shouldn't be, <laughs> I shouldn't well, be smiling and laughing no. about it, but it's just, it was such a different time yeah. you know, in my life. And I think right. about it now, like, wow, that's kind of crazy that that happened. You know, it doesn't probably feel like it was you, but the <laughs> memories are there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy um, to think about that, that I did that. And then um, what saved me pretty much is um, I had a friend who, um used to be a larger man 
and he lost probably about 150 pounds just from running and he didn't really diet too much it was just well he watched his diet a bit but he just like ran and i was like maybe i could try running and i did like little bits of running and i hated it i i hated every (laughs) second of running just like anyone who starts out running would probably say um i i could not do it i like for the life of me i could not do it and um i had my mountain bike i was in an apartment in van nuys um at the time and i had my first mountain bike that i had because i did a little bit of mountain biking but i hadn't like commit to anything um and i had it on my balcony and i was just like man maybe maybe i should try mountain biking more or maybe i should like try that you know and then i did that and it ended up being like the thing that saved me and i would go on these these rides and and I would, I really liked it. The downhill, this was way before the e-bike of course. Yeah. And, um, I would just go on these rides with my best friend. Um, and we would just do all the Rocky peak stuff and as much as we could. And then the next year, so like a year later, we did the stress test again. And I said, I'm not doing this stress test again. I don't want the tachycardic thing. Yeah. I'm not dealing with that again. I can't go through that again. Like it was right. scary. It was a horrible experience. And I went and I did the stress test again. And like, they got you to do it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And like, (laughs) yeah, like 10 minutes into it, they stopped me and they're like, okay, you're good. That's it. And I was like, wait, we like, we've only been doing it like 10 minutes. They're like, no, you're good. Like, you you got up to the level you had to be at. And then that was it. And I was like, oh man, I'm not even out of breath. Like, I'm good. And they checked, you know, like the ejection fraction is what it's called. Yes. Like the, the, the strengthness of your heart or the, the strength in your heart and your heart muscle. And it had gone back up and I was in normal levels and I was pretty safe and See, I was good. It's the 40s, man. Out of the 40s. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was, I was like, oh, wow, cool. I'll keep mountain biking. I want to keep mountain biking. I want to keep yeah, doing that. So, that, so wow. luckily I, I really enjoy mountain biking and I love doing it. But it also like kind of saved me. And I was like, that's great. You know, it was a combination wow. of stress, stress and, and this infection, this infectious disease that I had at some earlier point. And then, you know, dealing with my dad and then, you know, dealing with moving out and then being in college. And like there were so many things I was dealing with and oh I was in a bad place and I was doing things I should not have been doing, you know, drinking drugs, stuff like that not yeah. good stuff yeah. um and i was just not in a good point and then when the heart thing happened i was like no i'm too young for that that can't happen yeah. so i was like i have to turn this around and then like everything you know a lot more that was like another big turning point for me Jeez. wow yeah. that's insane chris that <laughs> the mountain bike literally saved your life in there or changed your life in a big way going from like ejection fraction of like 42 mm-hmm. walking around with heart rate monitors around while you're in college you know like mm-hmm. to killing the stress test <laughs> like, <laughs> i'll never time. forget that yeah it was funny <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta feel good man so now to this day do you have any problems with like that the valve in your heart is it just like blood leak like leak back or, or you know does it not all get out all the way or are you are you better yeah so um there's just like a little bit of 
leakage is what they say is it's probably from the deformed heart valve um but as long as we check back annually and stuff is okay then i should be fine um i notice i kind of get out of breath kind of quickly so that's why i love my e-bike so much yes so, <laughs> so and sometimes it takes me a minute to like catch my breath and and stuff like that it's just my heart's like working a lot so I never push myself like way too much, you know, I love to take it easy and, and, you know, do that because, you know, I, of course, all this stuff happened with my dad and it affected me, but it wasn't just about me, you know, when that happened, I had a whole family, you know, I had my older sure. brother, I have a sister and my mom, and I didn't really know how to process all of that at the time when that happened. So my thing was pretty much just like, make sure my mom's okay, you know, take care of my mom. And um, it didn't really hit me until I was in college and living by myself is kind of when all that stuff happened. Oh, man. So there was a lot mean. that, yeah, there was a lot that happened like the, that first year, two years of college. So yeah, that's it. <clears throat> Seems to be when you suppress things down like that, you know. Um, it's going to come out in some way, shape, or form. Definitely. Generally, when you're solo, too, it, that's when it mm -hmm. likes to creep on you. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> dude, I'm glad you got through that, man. I'm glad you got through that for sure. Yeah. We got a couple folks here. Trail Pimp, who is out there actually writing as he's listening to the podcast, uh, saying, I'm a software engineer, but I work eight hours a day, and he rides every day. Oh, that's good. awesome. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Yeah. That commitment. Right and Dirty says, I've been a chef for about 22 years and diet is the key to stay fit. Exercise helps, but diet has the most benefits, he says. And then we got another one from <laughs> <laughs> the big outside of Demi says, hello. hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trump Pip starts saying, hot moms on trail. Keep me young. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, they told me to watch my diet and stuff like that. Um, you know, I definitely watch what I eat and watch what I meet as, as in I, I watch myself eat it, you know, yes. <laughs> I watch it disappear off the plate. Uh, uh, but, you know, I don't I don't eat, you know, crazy unhealthy or anything. I still like to eat, you know, fast food every couple, you know, couple weeks or whatever. You know, I still enjoy my life as much as I normally would. So I'm just a little out of breath sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it, it it's sedentary, man. When you were, when you were working, doing school, you know, like that was a lot just sitting there inside all day, getting all that, you know, inactive stuff done. Mm -hmm. And uh, now that you got a sick bike, that's calling your name and Rocky peaks <laughs> out there calling your name, like it's oh, yeah. getting out there, which is awesome. Yeah, man, Chris, what a, what a cool story, dude. Where, where do, um, people, where would they find you on an, on a normal day-to-day -day basis? I'm going to guess Rocky peak, but if people are out there on the trails, where would they most likely bump into you? Rocky peak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, 15 minutes away from me. And it has the most challenging trails in, you know, probably Southern California, I think, um, you know, and it has jumps when it's running. It's not running right now, but, you know, when it when it is running, it runs really good. And uh, that's usually where I am. So every time I go to Rocky Peak, anytime there's a mountain biker, people yell something at me. 
uh you know people know who i am there you know it's just it's just how it is um it's cool i wish i i wish i like knew people when they yelled at me everyone's got a helmet on and i don't recognize anyone they're like Bucci. i'm like i have a hi <laughs> and, and you know i i just i love it there and when it rains the trails change like it's never the same it's like mm. it gets run in from people you know breaking through ruts and stuff and, and hitting rocks loose and the trail changes so it's not always the same so I could ride, I could ride there the rest of my life and be happy, you know? Nice. So that is, that is awesome. Speaking yeah. of life, you got somebody from your past uh, <clears throat> saying, what's up? He goes, sub Bucci. It's Austin Boswell from the BMX days. Glad to Whoa. see you. you're still shredding. <laughs> right well, on. that's a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I remember Austin. Heck yeah. That is that's wow. great dude yeah man that is so cool chris dude thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and sharing your story but before i let you go i know we're already up past the hour but uh let's give a shout out to some of the the companies that give you love to help stoke you out on the bike who are some folks out there that you'd want to give shout outs to uh oh, definitely ssb oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely SSB. yeah john's an incredible guy you know, he, you know, gives me the time I need when I need time. And, and when I'm, you know, out with him and, and we're hanging out, everything's so great. And I love him. He's been such a great supporter with when I've dealt with stuff and he's helped me through some things. And John's an incredible guy. You know, he's, he's incredible. And, um, as for other people, there's, uh, Let's see. Oh man, there's a whole bunch of people. <laughs> there's Crestline who gave me, or didn't give me, but they hooked me up with uh, their bike. There's, um, you know what? They're just all in my in my on my Instagram. I forget yeah. the. There's so many people to thank. That's the problem. I know. <laughs> there's so many good people. <laughs> Once you start listening, you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, put me on the spot. Oh, I forgot <laughs> them all. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. I should remember them. Yeah. Um, but definitely all pro bike shop. They're in Simi Valley. They're incredible. They're uh, I've known them a long time. Um, very, very knowledgeable. Very, very smart. They entertain all of my horrible ideas, um, which is great. <laughs> And they build all my bikes. They're super cool. And then, um, I mean, there's, there's, you know, regular people that like to connect with me, like all mountain style, Tannis armor, the hill of weights guys are so cool. Very nice. I love them. Ride stealth. Who's given me like clothes and, and stuff and, uh, bad lines, good times. They're involved with all my vehicle stuff, my truck and my Subaru and all that. So, they're all super cool. So, you know, everyone is just so nice. And everyone that supports me or sends me clothes or anything, like they're just, they're so great. You know, people, people are so great in this community. And I can't say it enough. Like it's incredible. And and the love I get from people and, you know, it's amazing. You do like a, a big jump and everyone is like, oh my gosh. And everyone freaks out and they love you and they want to, you know, give you t-shirts and it's just so cool. And you know, I, you know, it's, it's just so great. So nice. That's awesome, mm-hmm. man. Well said. I can feel the gratefulness for all that. And it's great <laughs> that you're getting the love. I mean, you're right. The MTB community is, is so amazing. We're, we're so lucky to have such a sport that's like 
so inclusive, you know, like <laughs> other sports are kind of like, it's mine, it's mine, it's all mine. <laughs> <laughs> and this one's just like the more the merrier. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've had, I've had some people um, come up to me and they're like, you know, I just want to say, I love your stuff. You know, it's cool. And I'll be like, all right, cool, man. You, you want to ride? Like, let's like, let's ride. We're here at snow summit. Like, let's ride. They're like, no, 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 no. You're too good for me. I'm like, don't say that. Come on. <laughs> come on. Just ride. It'll be fun. It's cool. We're all having yeah. a good time, you know. And yeah. you know, I don't care about your skill level. If you're having a good time, I'm having a good time, you know. Right. So that's good. I like yeah. that. I like that. Smiles <laughs> for miles. Literally. Smiles <laughs> for miles. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, Chris. And one last thing. Where can people follow you on social media? Oh man, I got a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> uh, I got Instagram. Chris Bucci MTB. I have a YouTube that I don't post on too much anymore, but there's some there's some very good videos on there if you want to check them out. It's just Chris Bucci. Um, it's got like the same profile picture for everything on all my social media. Uh, you know, I've been posting on TikTok a bit. Um, that's surpassing all of my other social media now because there's just so many people on there. Um, that's just Chris Bucci MTB as well some good stuff on there and uh yeah you know so if it says my name and it's got my profile picture on it it should be me so it's the real chris <laughs> bucci yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> awesome well chris thanks for jumping on the segment podcast dude love the story can't wait to ride with you soon fellow ssb ambassador and uh spark season is going to be coming up as soon as that snow melts take a look for Chris Bucci out on the trails or on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. And until then, we'll see you all soon. We out. Bye. Yo, and just like that, episode 104 is in the can with Chris Bucci. That is a wrap and pumping out to your ears from Spotify, iTunes, or wherever else you are downloading these podcasts. As always, thank you all so much for tuning in. And I always want to leave you on a positive note. Remember, when things get tough and things get hot in the kitchen, you are the one to come through. You're the one to save the day. Nobody is going to do this for you. So, hey, all that hard work that you put into something will always pay off, whether it's getting yourself out of a jam, getting yourself out of debt, getting yourself on the trail, getting yourself in shape, getting yourself in the dot, dot, dot. You fill in the blanks there, but you're the one. So, Hope this message finds you well. Looking forward to seeing you all on episode 105 or out on the trails. And as always, hey, bet on yourself because all of your hard work will always pay off. See you guys on the next one.